Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Hands-On Safety. And today we are going to be talking about awareness and awareness of your surroundings, awareness of your situation. So I have with me today, as usual, uh, George. Hey, everybody. How you doing? And Megan. Hello, everyone. So, George, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the difference between being aware of your situation and being aware of your surroundings? Okay. Well, it's not as hard as it seems. Um, think about every day you're always aware of your surroundings, though, the noises that you hear, smells that, you know, you smell, you know, things that you see, the typical everything, everyday things. But when situational awareness is being aware of the situation that you find yourself in, um, the position you find yourself in in regards to uh, going, going about your daily business, traveling, um, being home. Um, so at my martial arts school, I, t- I teach my students some principles of self-defense. And most of these are based on your situation awareness. And, you know, the first thing is actually I tell my students awareness, you know, identify potential threats and dangers. Um, avoidance, you know, steering clear of potential threats and dangers, de-escalation, take care of the situation and bring the threat level down by verbally talking to someone, maybe by, you know, your physical gestures and physical contact being your last resort. So um, the easy way of thinking about it, it's also the five W's and the how, uh, how who, what, where, when, why, and how, um, you know, you use that basically when you were learning how to write uh, paragraphs, the same thing, you're writing, you're writing a paragraph for your safety. You want to think about it that way. So that's probably about the best way to think about it. It's your surroundings are generally everything that occurs on a regular basis. And awareness is being, it's seeing these things as possible threats to your safety. So what kind of things should you be doing to prepare yourself when you're going out or is this even something that only applies to being away from home? No, it doesn't. I mean, uh, you have a lot of those um, you know, uh, individuals who are scammers. You know, so, you know, being aware of, you know, of, you know, when you're online, you know, certain programs that you go to, certain apps, uh, people sending emails and giving you calls. I mean, I've been a, uh, I'd say, wouldn't say a victim, but I've almost been scammed a few times when I started my business, you know, I had to be very cautious and aware of um, what the, what they were trying to do by asking them questions and things just didn't match up. So no, it doesn't have to be uh, when you're leaving home, it could be anything nowadays, especially if you have, if people have access to you through social media. And I, I've had a few situations, um, you know, certainly you get phone calls on a daily basis of people trying to get you to buy something, sell something, make you think that um, you're in trouble because you haven't paid something, uh, always trying to get information from you in some way, shape, or form. Yep, I've had that a lot of times as well. Right, definitely. So um, something always to be aware of whenever you answer the phone, if you choose to answer those unknown calls or numbers you don't recognize, which I frequently have to do, uh, especially now working from home. I never know if someone who's calling me is um, a veteran trying to get in touch with me from a number I don't recognize or um, 
something to do with work. So I've been answering a lot of those calls more than I normally would. And it's kind of hard when you have, when you like for, especially if you're for business purposes, you're answering the phone because you may not recognize and, you know, people are trying to get at you, just, you know, so it doesn't have to necessarily be safety in regards to your physical safety, but your mental well-being. you know, if someone's able to access your financial, your, your uh, accounts and such like uh, such things like that, or your personal emails uh, that can, that can mess with you on a different level. You know, something I really never talk much about, you know, your, your mental well-being in regards to your, your own personal mental safety. Megan, what kind of things do you do when you're going out to prepare yourself as far as, you know, just kind of getting in a mindset of awareness before you leave the house? And what do you do while you're out? How do you stay aware of things? So usually when I go outside, I kind of just, well, first off, before I leave the house, I make sure I'm actually awake. Um, <laughs> that helps. Coffee always helps. <laughs> it really, really does. should never leave home without it. Um, that should be a, on a shirt. Right. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, when I go outside, even if I'm super with it or I'm not so with it that day, you know, I will stop and I'll listen for a minute. I'll you know, figure out what's going on around me. Oh, it's raining. Okay, I need to adapt to this because I hear, you know, loud cars on the street because the roads are wet or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, that definitely makes things more difficult sometimes. Yeah, it, it very do much does. Um, you know, I just make sure I'm aware of the situation of what I'm out in. And if there's something going on, uh, I make sure I move away from it if I can. Um for example, last night I went, or no, actually this morning, I went outside and there was a guy down the street at the train station yelling profanities. And uh, he sounded like he was coming towards me. And I went the opposite direction. I mean, I didn't have to go his direction anyway, but right. um, I just was like, okay, I'm not going to put myself in a situation. I'm going to, you know, move away from that. Um, so, yeah, I just do you know, those things I'm always paying attention for the most part to what I'm doing. Um, as I've said on previous shows, I do work in a, you know, a sketchy part of town. So I have to be on alert when I'm downtown is there is some weirdos out there. So if it's at night, I usually try to make sure I'm on team talk with somebody so that people leave me alone since I'm wearing an AirPod and I'm look like I'm crazy talking to myself. <laughs> so you fit right in. I fit right into that part of town. <laughs> the only thing that I'm not is drunk. So, um, but <laughs> <Might it well. laughs> stay home when you do that. <laughs> right. Or make sure I'm with somebody. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I just, just, I'm just aware of my situation. And if I'm not in the best of state, I'll take a cab or I'll, you know, call my mom and see if she can come get me or whatever you know I'm just it's important to be aware of your situation and be aware of your abilities too right and, and that's a good point to make is that if you are overly tired or stressed or just distracted that it it may not hurt to have a good alternative 
to traveling as far as Absolutely. Um, if you're walking or, you know, maybe taking the bus or taking a cab, if that's a, if that's a possibility. Um, I know some of the things that I do when I'm out, um, I take the bus to work almost every day. And, um, you know, when I'm approaching the bus stop and it's early in the morning during certain parts of the year, it's still dark out. And, um, you know, as I'm approaching that bus stop, I'm paying attention to not only where the traffic is as I'm walking down the side of the road, but who else might be there, whether I hear them shuffling around or whether I catch the scent of cigarette smoke or cologne or perfume, um, trying to really pay attention to those kinds of things so that I'm not surprised. I had a situation about a year ago where uh, a gentleman started taking the bus and um, he was playing on his phone. And the first day he surprised me, I did not realize he was there until I got just about right up on him. And um, it was a when people do that. <laughs> so it was a, it was a shock. <laughs> and then um, a couple of days later he was playing on his phone and I actually surprised him. So <laughs> <laughs> um, we, you know, we started talking after that and um, he turned out to be a, someone that worked uh, at the VA with me, but so it was fine. But, you know, just, you never know who's going to be at that bus stop or who's right. going to be on the bus when I get on the bus. So I'm very cautious about listening to music or, you know, putting in headphones and not being able to hear people getting on and off the bus and what's going on. You two actually uh, touched on two really good points. Um, one being talking about when you walk around, you know, you have your earbuds. And we discussed some stuff before. You said you usually have one of them and not both, which right. is um, mm -hmm. never good to do, especially if you're trying to be aware of your situation because it impedes your process of hearing, you know, uh, as well as, you know, for those seeing or smelling, whatever your sense you, you may be using. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a story I heard about recently. I was trying to find it, uh, but a, a, a woman in New York, um, she, she, uh, got in, she engaged in a conversation with a, uh, with a gentleman on the street, uh, just a passerby. Uh, it, was, it was recently. And, uh, you know, I um, was somewhat friendly and all that. And then he, I guess he moved down, followed her down the street a little bit and came from between two cars, grabbed her, dragged her to the corner and, and sexually assaulted her. Mm. Um, hey, sometimes you just never know. Right. Um, and some people can disarm you by their presence, you know, being friendly, help, being helpful. Uh, I think mm -hmm. about, um, what was his name? Was it Jeffrey Dahmer? Uh, he would, and he said he was a good looking guy. He would, um, you know, talk to women, you know, and... Oh, that was um, Manson, I think. No, no, Dahmer would do this as well, I guess. Uh, but he would um, get their attention and say, oh, I need help with something. And he'd get them into the truck. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I, think it was, I think it was Jeffrey Dahmer. I'd have to double look. Um, but, you know, there were there are individuals who are very char um, charismatic. And they use that to their advantage. Uh, so you need, to, you need to be aware of that. And so, example, talking about um, some guy in the street, Megan, my mother was in New York City, and you know, people are starting to get out now. New York's partially opened up after all this uh, COVID situation. She's going to the store. So there's a guy walking behind her and looked like, looked like he was homeless from what she told me. And he said something. She paid him no mind. All right. My mom's been in New York for like 50 years. So she, <laughs> she's a Southern girl with New York to the core. Mm. And um, 
<laughs> paid him no mind. Uh, went to the store and noticed that he also came in the store. She said she went down the aisle, uh, one of the aisles, and to see if he was following, so she observed observe him. And uh, she said that she alerted the uh, person in the store uh, before she left. This person walked in and possibly, you know, might be aware of him. And before she, she left him, I said they were engaged in a conversation that was kind of violent. Uh, the, lady, the guy said something, he would hit the lady, and she said, I wish you would. Uh, so in New wow. York State of mind, wow. you know, <laughs> it wouldn't end, out, end up well. I'm sure he would have gotten his behind beat. But the whole thing is she, my mother was aware of what was going on. Right. Uh, you know, in the situation. And one thing, you know, she and I discussed was that you've had a number of people who, uh, who have been homeless, who are homeless, uh, some that may require some psychological evaluation that may be on medication or unable to get the help during these last mm-hmm. several months. Right. But now yeah. these people are coming out. So I mean, you may have, you may have encountered that individual while you were walking down the street. So mm-hmm. something to be aware of. I'm not saying that person, you know, everyone who's homeless has psychological problems, but there, you know, there are different problems that they may have. Uh, and you, you never just know. don't know. You just don't know. And so that's being aware. Right. It's, you know, being aware of the situation where I said, yeah, you, uh, you know your surroundings, you know, um, but being aware of something that seems a little bit off. So, you know, when our, our conversation that we had before uh, about this topic, uh, you know, I had research and found some stuff, you know, this uh, Cooper's Color Code, um, you know, designed by a gentleman named um, Lieutenant Colonel John Cooper, Jeff Cooper was a retired Marine officer, and uh, he was the developer of the, the modern techniques for handgun shooting. And he, what he introduced was this concept um, to, to law enforcement um, about shooting. And so what I did, I add some numbers to it because uh, all colors. So the color codes, you know, it's white, yellow, orange, red, and sometimes people added a black, which I did. Uh, so there's five levels going from, you know, five to one. So kind of like blasting off, right? Um, so I'm getting to real quick. So with the color code and with the adjustments to it, um, I'd say level one, you know, condition white, as they call it, that's just being home, being relaxed, you know, not having really any concern for anything. You're, you're behind locked doors, you're amongst friends, you know, you're calm. That's your normal uh, posture for most people. It's just that's how you should be. You should be relaxed and all that. Um, and then you have um, level four, condition yellow, right? It's still being relaxed, but now you're aware of something. And give an example. Say that maybe you heard some noise outside, a barking dog or something. Now, you, you know, okay, dogs bark all the time, but maybe there might be something, to, you know, why are they barking? You know, so you start questioning. So, again, you go to the who, what, where, when, and why, and how, uh, and your analysis of, you know, these codes and how to, you know, safeguard yourself. Uh, you know, so you said you're relaxed, but you're aware that there might be something um, to be concerned about. You know, you hear something that's kind of off, but it doesn't mean there's something detrimental to you. Uh, you have like level three, your orange condition. Uh, that means that there's possibly is something wrong. So now you hear a barking dog continuously. You know, so no longer you're, are, are you relaxed. Now you're more in tune and more aware there's a potential threat. And, you know, so now you're you have a heightened awareness. Uh, it's not a threat, identified as a threat, but it's still that potential. And you have condition red. Condition red, uh, and lo- which is level two, is that you have identified that maybe that dog is barking because there's someone walking between houses or something. I'm just giving this as an example. And now you have a really heightened, so what do you do? What's my reaction going to be? Am I going to count- encounter the individual? Am I going to call the police? Am I going to alert my neighbors? And so your condition red or you know two is when you're actually taking 
some type of action towards it. It could be actual physical confrontation. Um, it could be, you know, non-physical calling some for assistance. And then you have level one or, or condition black. That's usually like after the fact. What, you know, what have you done? You, you know, you engage the individual, call the police, you call other people. Um, and that's when you have to start looking at, okay, what's my next step? So those are some ways of looking at it. It'd be like mental games. Uh, I had a friend of mine, and she, one day we were at a, at a party. It was sadly, it was a Christmas party. And we played this game like, I can take them. You know, so you know, looking at people that you can just tell by people's demeanor, um, by their behavior, who would falter under stressful condition, you know, who would not. So you immensely play these games. It's called projection. Uh, and so as you travel, um, you game, you, you role play, you play this game like, okay, you know, you feel something's kind of off. You think, what would I do in this situation? How would I handle it? Where am I going to go? Uh, and so that's just about the best way. But like I said, the who, the what, where, when, why, and how. It's just a great way before you leave the house, you know, figure out what am I going to be doing? Where am I going? Who am I going with? What am I going to do when I'm going to get there? How am I getting back? You know, be able to answer all these questions for your own personal safety and concerns. Uh, pretty much, uh, you know, you have it, you have it, you have the situation be. You can never be prepared 100% of the time. Um, when I was, you know, in the army, I was in Iraq, which, you know, everyone has a plan to go out the gate. <laughs> Five minutes out the gate, your plan went to, went, just went to, went to crap. You know, mm-hmm. that's just the, way, just the way it is. That's just called life. You can plan it all day, but there's always that one factor that you have no control over. That's just how things are. But at least, you know, like Megan said, if you have, you were talking about if you, had to go somewhere, you know, maybe call your mom or whatever, call for a ride, take a cab, take a share writing, you know, service, whatever you need to do, but always have an alternate plan um, just in case something goes awry when it comes to your safety. And I'd say it never hurts to, you know, you get those feelings sometimes of uneasiness where maybe you're just not sure or something's just not quite right. Learning to trust those, um, even if you're wrong, it doesn't hurt to take yourself out of that situation or that that area if you feel something's off. Um, because even if you're if you're wrong, you're wrong, and you left and you just didn't need to. But it's just um, you know it, a precaution. And if you if you were right, then it was the right thing to do to leave. And if you were wrong, it it didn't hurt anything. Well, just don't be a Karen about it, okay? That's all, you know. Uh, that's just, you know, just don't be a Karen about it. Um, I totally agree. So when I teach women self-defense classes, a lot of times I hear from women uh, that actually, you know, they've been victimized, you know, and they survived the situation. And a lot of them will tell me, I had this feeling. You know, I've heard that quite often. I've had that, I had this feeling, but I didn't go with it. Yes. Yeah, so if, if you have a feeling, if you get embarrassed, you get embarrassed, but I'd rather be embarrassed. Absolutely. And, and then dead. I mean, yeah, absolutely. say blunt, blunt as that. Um, so you have, everyone has these feelings. Somebody doesn't feel right. So give a quick story. When I was uh, younger, you know, I grew up in the Bronx and uh, I was in high school and we were with some friends and we'd go, all we did, we didn't, we didn't, you know, what we do, we didn't drink. We ran track. That was our thing. Uh, you know, we went to races, we went to parties. That was it. Uh, so we went to this one house party. I'm not sure who, who whose home it was. I'm not sure. There's a you know, 
uh, how we got connected with it, but it was a small apartment. I mean, we were there early. There was like four of us. And we get there and walking around. I see these kids, that, you know, a little bit younger, maybe, maybe the same age, maybe looked a little bit younger, maybe a year or so. And kept looking at us in a weird way. And I didn't feel comfortable at all. My friend comes out of the kitchen where the DJ was, and he's like, hey, we got to go. And party hadn't even started yet. I go, yeah, let's go. All four of us left, and we, and we, you know, had a, you know, we confabbed afterwards and say, hey, you know, those kids were looking at us kind of hard. And my, my buddy goes, yeah, DJ has a, had a sawed-off shotgun. We found out later on that evening that there was a gunfight at the house. You know, you, so if, if you, you, know, wow. you know what right looks like, <laughs> right. go with it. Uh, something doesn't feel right. It probably isn't right. You know, there right. was just too many, two different rooms, two different feelings, um, same result. So sure. I always 100%, if you feel something is not right, it probably isn't right. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. You know, no harm, no foul. So that actually reminds me of a situation. Uh, I was just thinking about it a little bit earlier in the show. Um, I was still in high school at the time, and we had just had a big snowfall. But it was probably about a good 10 inches of snow. And, you know, I needed to go out to get something. Um, and not all the sidewalk, it, it was like a Sunday afternoon. So, like, not the sidewalks hadn't been done um and it was just really super snowy and i had my first guide dog at this point and i got lost you know like i was on the street but i couldn't tell you know i thought the traffic was too close and i just couldn't find the sidewalk again and somebody stopped and said you know got out of their car and she's they're like hey miss um you know i'm a police officer are you are you lost Do you need any help and I said, I am lost. Um, and I just can't find the sidewalk. And then he's like, oh, where do you live? And I'm like, just down the street. And he's like, do you need a ride home? And I'm like, I've watched way too much Criminal Minds for this. No. <laughs> 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 um, but it got me wondering, you know, how do I know if this person is for real, you know, how, you know, how do I know this person is actually a police officer who is who they say they are? Um, so that situation I ended up, cause I was able to see the, the outline of a building briefly. And so I asked the person, um, you know, is that the shopper's drug mart over there? And he's like, yep. And I said, okay, I know exactly where I am now. So he was able to get me back on the sidewalk and I was good to go. He said he would follow me home to make sure I got home okay, but I don't know if he actually did. Right. But, you know, it just made me talking about being aware of your surroundings. You know, I, you know, assessed my situation and I think I made the right call. Like he didn't give me the weird feelings or anything, but I'm overly cautious about these things, right? Right. Um, so I, I was just thinking about that. So, right. And yeah, you were you were in a situation where you could walk away, and not not take that ride. And right. it it never hurts because you don't have a way of knowing. I mean, maybe there's ways you could tell. Um, you know, if you have some vision, you may be able to see the lights on top of their car, or you may hear their radio. Mm-hmm. Um there may be things about them as they're walking or moving that give you an indication that they could be telling the truth. But 
it never hurts to just be safe. And apparently they're actually here. I don't know if it's the same elsewhere, but police officers, their badges are supposed to have braille on them. Oh, really? That's interesting. It's supposed to what? Have, have braille. braille on them. Really? Okay. I'd really not like to get that close to someone yeah. to find out, though. <laughs> yeah, well, as, you, as you were telling your story, I was thinking about that. Well, you can touch their badge, but realistically, a person who's, who's – um, who's a perpetrator will probably want you to get close anyway. So it's not a good thing to do. You know, you can't say, Hey, right, you, right, you, right. let me touch your gun. Well, cause if he's a criminal, you might have a gun too. That's doesn't, that's not good. <laughs> no, I mean, you don't, you don't want to go, Hey, can you engage your taser for me so I can hear it? I mean, <laughs> so certain no. things that, <laughs> yeah, no. that would not work in your, 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 uh, is it the, the best for you? Right. Um, so, I, mean, so, I suppose that, you could ask them to throw their badge to you and, you know, at your feet or something. Right, but that could be a quarter. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's like a big quarter. I don't know. As soon as uh, I, yeah, as soon as I bend over to see what bam. it is, like bam, right? Yeah, right. So, you know, <laughs> so, again, maybe just just erring on the yeah. side of not knowing for sure. Now that made me think of something. You're telling that story. I know in in Washington D.C. they have a number of officers that are trained in American Sign Language. Uh, to engage with, you know, the hearing impaired community, uh, which I think is great. Uh, more agencies to pick up on that because, you know, a lot of times there are people who may be hearing impaired and they don't know what the police officer is saying and officers are being agitated because the person is not listening to me or they can't right. hear, you know, it's a lack of understanding. I think the same thing for those who are visually impaired or blind. Uh, it, it needs to be needs to be something or someone needs to approach law enforcement and say, hey, this is a situation where someone who is blind how you can interact with them and confirm your identity, you know, to them uh, without, you know, and without them getting scared. And so they know that they, you are there to help them. Um, So that'd probably be a good thing to kind of, you know, look into uh, as a way of of pushing that. Um, Cause it's it's real easy to say, Hey, I'm something that I'm not, you know? Sure. Um, Oh, it's so easy. No, so hey guys, I'm a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of guys you be going out with? Um, but I mean, Can but, I just, alone? <laughs> <laughs> but like your story was talking about, you, you mentioned two different things at the same time. You know, situation awareness or SA, because actually SA is an actual a a field where people actually um, d- perform a service in businesses, um, teaching situation awareness, especially when it comes to corporate uh, type. Um, of entities, you know, um, airlines and um, factories. So they, they, te- they do teach this and they have individuals who actually uh, monitor this stuff. So you talked about situation awareness and, um, and situation, um, being aware of your surroundings, two different things, because you knew the area you were, you're kind of familiar with the area that you were in, you got disoriented. Um, and then there's a new scenario that was, uh, that was applied to it being a person approaching you. Now your situation awareness kicks in, you know, because, you know, because no, no longer were you in control of the surrounding that you're in. You had a situation that was injected into it that you had to take care of and then identify as a potential threat, you know. Um, so on the on the scale, that probably would have been uh, you know, level two or condition red or, you know, a level three, you know, condition orange. Um, where you're you're not you're not relaxed anymore. You have a potential concern. And you address it, you know, by following your gut instinct, you know, by getting the information from the individual, said their police officer, and you know, doing what you need to do to take care of you. Good job. 
And one thing that I've, I've tried hard to work on because this has been a problem for me since I lost my sight was judging how far away someone is from you when you're interacting with them. That is extremely difficult. Talking to them on the street or, um, you know, in a store, in a building, um, having that idea of how, how far they are away from you. And even though I'm not the best judge of that, I can at least get an idea of if that person is moving toward me as they're talking or trying to get closer or moving away. And so even if I don't know exactly how far away they are, and I could, I suppose, sweep my cane out and, you know, whack them in the ankle. and (laughs) um, There you are. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) I've, you know, known of people that have had more trouble come from that, you know, that they accidentally touched someone with their cane and, and set that person off. Um, well, it's when you use your cane on them, but we, that's a whole different subject matter. Yeah, we'll uh, cover that <laughs> in a, another episode. That's another episode. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other So, yeah, it's a whole training whole event thing. right there. Yep. Um, and it totally depends on that, that kind of a situation. Like, you know, judging how far away somebody is from you, it, it totally just depends on your surroundings again like are you in an alley are you on the street are you in an echoey store are you right in a train car are you like are you in a full train car you know all these situations so it is kind of hard especially like on a train platform or you know like there's one train platform here that i go to once in a while that it's underground and it's extremely echoey like yeah, you can't tell how so, how far somebody away from you is, you know. It gets quite deceiving, if you will. Well, right. in the world of uh, COVID nineteen, it's will be six feet away. So <laughs> estimate six feet away. <laughs> Stay back. You should be six That's, feet away. I figure my cane is five feet long, and if it's if I'm holding it at an angle, it's about three feet out in front of me. So if I could touch you with it, you're too close. You're too close. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I would think that someone of a sighted would, you know, adhere to the fact that you have a cane and like, you know what, maybe I'll back up a little bit, you know, instead of, you're not deaf, so I don't need to get into your face, you know. So, uh, but it's, a, it's still ignorance on the part of those of us that are sighted. You know, we don't, right. a lot of us, we just don't know. I still, there's a lot, I still don't know. But that's um, one thing about our program. We're trying to provide a little insight uh, to everyone. Absolutely. Megan, when you're traveling by train, are there um, like transit employees around that you can get to know? Um, you know, do you see the same ones all the time or do you never see any employees at the train stations or transit points or even on the trains themselves? So to answer your question, Leslie, there are not really any officers around that I'm aware of. Sometimes I will hear a walkie talkie on the platform. And I'll go, oh, that's a transit or a police officer or, you know, a peace officer or something. Um, and you know, I'll go, okay, cool, they're over there, whatever. But when I'm on the train, especially at night, I try to get in the first car if I can. Mm-hmm. Because, well, first off, I know where the emergency buttons are. Nice. And very good. Get also, um, I know exactly where the driver's door is. Um, to get into the driver's apartment. So if I were to 
you know, have a problem, I could either find one of those emergency buttons or if I'm right there by the door, because sometimes I will stand right at the front of the train. Mm-hmm. Um, his door is, you know, closer than <laughs> the emergency button itself. So, oh, okay. you know, I can knock frantically on the door if I need, you know. Right. And if he sees my dog and me, he'll probably clue in, hopefully. But I do actually need to, and it's on my list of things to do. I need to find, at least I need to see if I can find a list of where all the help buttons are at the train stations. Um, Because I know there's a number of them at each station, um, but they just have different locations. Right. I know where some of them here at my train station are after I almost walked into a fight a few years ago. Okay. Um, I was literally like three or f- two or three feet away from it until I realized I was, what was going on and I backed away up. <laughs> um, then a friend showed me after because I was pretty shook about it. Um, but I, it's on my list of things to do to find out where those are and it might be worth if you especially if you know any um orientation and mobility instructors that might be something they already have access to that is actually an idea it is a good one i do have connections (laughs) there you go (laughs) good good place to start at least um i know i you know you know of course this is a benefit of living in a smaller area is i've made it a point to get to know as many of the bus drivers as possible. I, I have one or two that uh, won't speak to me or just aren't as friendly. And, um, but most of the drivers, they know me. Um, the people, employees of businesses in my area know me very well. I, uh, I walk in the door and, um, you know, somebody I know more than likely will walk up to me and say something. Um, cab drivers, Uber and Lyft drivers, I've tried to get to know as many of them in my area as possible. Um, and that way, if something does happen, you know, there are generally someone in my area who knows me that's you know, probably looking out for me to, on some level or that I know I can call on if I need to. I actually have, you know, in the past when I was going to school and I was taking a certain bus route every day, um, or, you know, going, you know, around the same route, depending on where I was going. I did have a few drivers that do know me from that route. And I still, even if I go back to that route, because it was in my old neighborhood, um, they'll, you know, they'll recognize me. They don't not necessarily know my name, but they know me, you know, right. they they recognize me from when I went to high school or you know, different things like that. So it's kind of nice to know, kind of have the idea of, like, if somebody actually recognizes you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've actually had that in several stores that I've been to, you know. There's a grocery store, you know, that I sometimes go to, and they're like, oh, hey, Megan, how are you doing? You know, or, you know, like... the pharmacy they're like hey man, how's it going you know everybody recognizes me so that's kind of nice too it is and it it also um whenever i 
interact with people, even in my apartment complex or just on the street, I will say hi to them and engage them in some way just to, so they know that I'm aware they're there. Right. Yeah, I will do that too. Uh, We had a gentleman here in our complex who thought it was, I don't know if he thought it was funny or a challenge or entertaining um, older gentleman who, who tried on several occasions to see how close he could get without you knowing he was there. Oh, that's creepy. And um, (laughs) I several times said something to him. And I did at some point tell him that if he snuck up on me like that again, he, he could get hurt. And he has now he if I see him, he will, you know, he'll say hey to me from a distance. But I, I'm always listening for his dog because he's <laughs> usually walking the dog around. And um, mm-hmm. and I'll try to make sure I say hey to him first. But he's he's backed off now that he knows that I'm, I know he's around. But I do that in the apartment building hallway here when I don't know where exactly that person is. I know there's something or somebody there, but I don't know what or who. I will say hello, you know, right. I'll smile and wave. And, you know, sometimes they'll respond. Sometimes they'll grumble and respond. Sometimes <laughs> not. Um, but it's also, it, it helps me actually not only am I being nice, but it helps me get an idea of exa- exactly where they are. Or, you know, down in the garbage and recycling area, it's kind of echoey. Right. So you can't always tell exactly how far somebody is away from you, where they are. And this whole six feet away thing these days, it's just like, well, I don't want to get within six feet of anybody. Somebody's going to get mad at me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, don't mean to, I don't mean it, but someone's going to get mad at me. So... You know, it's 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 a good thing to do. It's, you know, you say hello and smile to somebody. It might brighten up their day, and you also mm-hmm. find out where they are. It's a win-win. There you go. And they don't <laughs> they don't have to know that you're you're secret exactly getting information. Just that you're a nice person, so it works out. Sometimes, sometimes. Uh, yeah. What? Uh, oh, oh, okay. I'll stop talking now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, any any final thoughts on this subject before we wrap things up? No, my only thing is, uh, well, you say no and I say something. Um, I just think that just being aware that your personal safety, your situation awareness, it starts before you walk out the door. That's for anyone. You need to, you know, think about what, what you're going to be doing, where you're going to be going, who you're going to be meeting, how you're going to get there, how you're going to get back. These things need to be and you need to be answered before you actually walk out the door. Um, and that's probably one way to one way to protect yourself is being proactive. And use those apps if you need any help. That's right. <laughs> those, those apps. Are right. <laughs> and just letting people know where you know, letting somebody know where you're going, what you're doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's pretty important. You as know, well. you don't I mean, have to put it on Facebook or Twitter, but uh, let somebody know. It absolutely totally agree. Uh, with that being said, I think that is all for today, and um, we would love to hear from our listeners, so you can email us at feedback at handsonsafety.net. You can follow us on Facebook. Look for Hands on Safety Podcast. 
and you can follow us on Twitter as well at hands underscore safety. And uh, we look forward to bringing y'all another great episode full of information next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Appreciate it. All right, guys. See you Bye next time. Bye for now. Bye.